0: Hello, this is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. Much has been said about the war in Ukraine, and of course, much has not been permitted to be said, but we're going to say that which must be said here. Over the weekend, Joe Biden appeared to have found time in his chaotic schedule as the leader of the increasingly totalitarian world to take his toes out of the sand to conduct an interview with CNN's Fareed Zakaria. There is clearly a reason the White House keeps Biden heavily medicated, hidden, and micromanaged. During a softball interview with Zakaria, the communist, who like Biden has a history of plagiarism, Fareed Zakaria was suspended by CNN in 2012 for plagiarizing a New Yorker article, well, Biden managed to reveal sensitive information that put national security at risk. While the Biden administration campaigns to put Trump in jail for non-existent violations of the Espionage Act, Democrats claim Trump put American national security at risk by possessing documents that he had full access to as president and afterward. Well, Joe Biden actually jeopardized U.S. national security by revealing that the United States is out of ammunition. This is a, this is a war relating to munitions. And uh, they're running out of those that ammunition, and we're low on it. He said this on national television. When asked by Zakaria to explain why Biden suddenly decided to send cluster bombs to Ukraine, the use of which Biden's own administration previously claimed represented war crimes, Um, There are reports of illegal cluster bombs and vacuum bombs being used by the Russians. Uh, If that's true, what is the next step of this administration? And is there a red line for how much violence uh, will be tolerated against civilians in this manner that's illegal and potentially a war crime? It is. It would be. I don't have any confirmation of that. We have seen the reports. Uh, if, If that were true, it would potentially be a war crime. Biden revealed that he had no choice. He had no choice because the 155 millimeter ammunition we've been providing the Ukrainians has run out. In other words, the entire Ukrainian war is being fought with U.S. ammunition, and we don't have any for our own military and haven't for some time. Are you watching Xi Jinping? Our proxy war in Ukraine has depleted our own weaponry. Whatever you do, don't invade Taiwan because we're tied up like one of Hunter's Russian whores. What happens when we run out of cluster bombs, by the way? Will Biden send Ukraine nuclear weapons? That should certainly de-escalate things. De-escalation, of course, is not their objective. The Biden administration wants as many Russians and Ukrainians to die as possible, apparently. Even future Ukrainian children playing in fields littered littered with cluster bombs that failed to explode. That's the price you have to pay to fight for democracy, you see. The admission that Joe Biden made on CNN is shocking because it proves definitively that the Ukrainian war is a proxy war. I don't think that reality has sunk in for a great many people. Proxy war? What's that? The Russians may be using Wagner mercenaries to fight against the Ukrainians, but the United States is using the Ukrainians, many of whom are avowed Nazis, to fight the Russians. This isn't a Russian-Ukrainian conflict. It's a Russian-U.S. conflict. The Ukrainian forces are effectively U.S. forces. Every round of 155 millimeter ammo that the U.S. has produced has gone to fight the Russians. While the Ukrainians are losing the war, and no amount of propaganda can change that, not even Adam Kinzinger's tweets about a mythical Ukrainian fighter pilot single-handedly shooting down Russian MiGs, The United States has no ammo to confront our own enemies. We sent it all to Ukraine. In other words, if the United States were to go to war with China tomorrow, the intimidating trans men and drag queens in our own military would be forced to fight the Chinese with puberty blockers and whips while lecturing each other about racism and equity. But of course, we must continue sending our own ammunition and now cluster bombs to Ukraine because America won't survive if the corrupt Ukrainian dictator Zelensky, who showed up to address our Congress in a tracksuit, throws a tantrum on TikTok. America's very survival is dependent upon Ukraine's victory, at least according to Democrats and neocons like Lindsey Graham. In fact, we know this to be true. Just look at what happened to America the last time the Russians invaded Ukraine. In 2014, the Russians annexed Crimea while Barack Obama was president and Joe Biden was vice president. America still has not recovered from the seizure of U.S. territory in Ukraine. Ukraine is effectively a U.S. territory and has been for more than two decades. Back in 2004, the Bush administration cheered the orange revolution in Ukraine. After the pro-Russian President Viktor Yushchenko was accused of stealing the election in 2004, angry protesters, backed by the West and the United States succeeded in overturning the election results and installing the pro-Western candidate Viktor Yanukovych as president instead. The Orange Revolution is, I quote, a powerful example of democracy for people around the world, George Bush claimed. In 2020, of course, when mountains of evidence suggested our own election was stolen, George Bush denounced these protests and immediately declared Joe Biden the legitimate president of the United States. Only Ukrainians steal elections, not Democrats who support violent coups in Ukraine. In 2014, the Russian invasion of Ukraine was precipitated by an Obama administration-backed coup in Ukraine. After the duly elected Ukrainian president, Viktor Yanukovych, had the audacity to buck the EU and accept a deal with Putin to invest $15 billion in Ukraine, the US responded like a spurned former lover. How dare you act like the leader of a sovereign country called Ukraine? Russia is evil and we will personally overthrow the Ukrainian government if you choose Russia over the US. That's precisely what happened in 2014. The Obama administration helped support a coup to overthrow the Ukrainian government and install a loyal western puppet instead. Victoria Nuland, Obama's Assistant Secretary of State at the time, even showed up during the coup to hand out cookies to the insurrectionists. Can you imagine if Donald Trump handed out cookies on January 6th? Here, listen to Victoria Nuland discuss her choice to replace Yanchenko, like she's hiring a new CEO CEO at Levi's. You know, I'm sure that's part of what Yanukovych is calculating on all of this. I think Yats is the guy who's got the economic experience, the governing experience. He's he's the guy, you know, what he needs is Cleach and Tani Book on the outside. He needs to be talking to them four times a week. Newland's discussion took place even while Yanchenko was still the president of Ukraine, elected by Ukrainians. Imagine if the Obama administration was briefed by a CIA director named John Brennan on a Hillary Clinton plot to oust the newly elected President Trump. Yanchenko, of course, was subsequently forced to flee Ukraine, and Arseniy Yatsenyuk, aka Yats, Newland's anointed one, her choice, replaced him in the interim. Ukraine isn't a democracy. That's a lie. In a democracy, the duly elected leader of the country isn't forced out of office by a violent coup. The will of the voter is respected. That's what we're told. But then again, America isn't a democracy either. Trump-Russia collusion was a coup led by Hillary Clinton and the outgoing Obama administration. I still don't think this is set in for many people. Democrats spent two years undermining the Trump administration with a $32 million taxpayer-funded investigation into accusations Democrats knew weren't true because they had fabricated them. Why are we funding and arming Ukrainians to fight a war they can't win? Has anyone asked this question? We didn't do this the last time Russia invaded Ukraine. After Russia invaded Ukraine and annexed Crimea in 2014, then-President Barack Obama insisted that a military solution was not on the table. This is not another Cold War that we're entering into, Obama said. The United States and NATO do not seek any conflict with Russia. Now is not the time for bluster. There are no easy answers, no military solution. That's what Barack Obama said at the time. Back then, the Obama administration and Democratic Party were very friendly with Putin. You may recall how how Hillary Clinton went to Geneva, and presented the Russian Foreign Minister, Sergei Lavrov, with a red button with the English word, RESET, to signify the Obama administration's desire to improve relations with Russia. In 2010, you may recall how the Obama administration even sold one-fifth of United States uranium to the Russian government. The deal was secured shortly after Bill Clinton was paid half a million dollars to give a speech in Moscow. The truth is, it was Democrats who were sympathetic to Putin until they weren't. The shift from Putin lovers to Putin haters appears to have taken place sometime in 2016, coincidentally when Democrats hatched their narrative and decided to falsely accuse Donald Trump of being a Putin puppet to cover up Clinton's email scandal. Is the Biden war against Russia nothing more than an extension of the Trump-Russia collusion hoax? An effort to convince ignorant Americans that Democrats are anti-Putin and Trump is pro-Putin? Are Ukrainians and Russians being slaughtered because Democrats are playing a political game with deadly consequences? Well, we know as a matter of fact that Russian aggression takes place every time the United States intervenes in Ukrainian affairs. Russia invaded Crimea after the U.S. government overthrew the pro-Russian president of Ukraine. The latest act of Russian aggression is directly related to U.S. government's efforts to recruit Ukraine to NATO against the wishes of Russia. Russia doesn't want Ukraine to join NATO. This is their red line. The Russians previously reached a preliminary peace deal with Ukraine. In exchange for not joining NATO, the Russians would withdraw their troops, but the West- intervened, and killed the deal. How exactly are we protecting democracy when the United States routinely subverts democracy in Ukraine, and even here in America? You see, protecting democracy has become the jihadist rallying cry for US politicians justifying their own anti-democratic acts. Hillary Clinton and countless others in the US government, for example, were protecting democracy, they said, in 2016, when they carried out a failed coup attempt, Trump-Russia collusion to oust President Trump. Joe Biden, the Democratic Party, and the intelligence community were protecting democracy, they said in 2020, when they dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop as Russian disinformation. They were lying. They knew they were lying, but sometimes you have to lie to protect democracy. That's how this works, apparently. Protecting democracy may frequently appear to be undermining democracy. It may require elaborate and unprecedented efforts to jail a political opponent and presidential candidate of the opposing party for crimes the candidate didn't even commit. It may require orchestrating a false flag operation to turn a protest into an insurrection and the subsequent withholding of exculpatory evidence to put as many protesters in jail for crimes they didn't commit. Optics are more important than truth when you're protecting democracy. Again, this may seem to be amoral and even evil, the deeds of a tyrant and sociopath, but done in the name of protecting democracy? These acts are not only virtuous, but necessary. Notably, the same American politicians, media, and intelligence community, which cover up for the crimes of Democrats like Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and Joe Biden, and fabricate crimes to prosecute Trump, they're only doing this to protect democracy, of course. Well, these are the same individuals championing the protection of democracy abroad. These paragons of virtue are so devoted to their mission to protect democracy that they're even willing to wage entire proxy wars to protect countries that aren't even democracies. Such is the case in Ukraine. Opposing the corrupt conflict in Ukraine doesn't make one a Putin puppet. Real people are dying, and those cheering the war can't even explain why. Those who insist upon escalating and prolonging this war are fools, at a minimum. A peaceful resolution should be the only option on the table. The war in Ukraine isn't about Ukrainian democracy. It's about maintaining control of Ukraine. It's important to remember that the same people behind the never ending proxy war in Ukraine are the same people who eagerly handed control of Afghanistan back over to the Taliban. If Afghanistan doesn't matter to the United States, then why does Ukraine? We should ask ourselves that question and others.